welcome to the thought pod i'm mustafa and in this podcast i share my thoughts as they pop and cook in the pot of my head all right so we are less than 40 days away from the federal elections in canada and as a everyday regular guy with a job a family and bills to pay i feel like i hardly have any time to do my research and cast a well informed vote if you feel like you're in the same boat this podcast is just right for you I did some research and would like to articulate it here so that it hopefully helps some of you and also gives me a chance to review it and get some feedback to further refine my understanding. As a disclaimer though, I'd like to clarify that this is not a campaign in favor of or against any specific party. The objectives of this episode are as follows. Objective number 1 is to summarize my findings and understanding on the subject. Objective number 2 is to share some useful resources Objective number 3 is to receive your valuable feedback and critique to refine my understanding and correct myself where needed. And objective number 4 is to help people who are not so much into politics and all to cast a better and well-informed vote. I've organized this episode in four sections. In the first section I talk about the four major parties that are taking part in these elections and their ideologies. In the second section I'd like to discuss what these parties are saying on the issues that are most important to Canadians and also who i feel has the best platform in each of these areas then moving on to section 3 we discuss how well these previous governments have kept their promises and how we can find that out in section number 4 i'd like to discuss the projections and predictions for these upcoming elections and its importance And in section number 5 I'd like to give a list of actions for people who want to learn more. The four major parties for these upcoming elections would be the Conservative Party of Canada, the Liberal Party of Canada, NDP and the Green Party of Canada. The Conservatives as their name implies believe in conserving or preserving the good that's already there. They believe in a more traditional society that's exclusive and nationalistic. The liberals on the other hand have more of a utopian view a view that believes that the world can be further improved they believe in a more inclusive multicultural and evolving society NDP is a socialist party for the most part and socialism advocates that the means of production distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole the green party of canada advocates for green politics. Green politics is a political ideology that aims to foster an ecologically sustainable society rooted in environmentalism, non-violence, social justice and grassroots democracy. Now, this is not at all as simple as it sounds. There's more to it, and I'll mention links to some short and interesting videos and articles and infographics. to give you a better understanding of these political ideologies another element that adds to the complexity here is the fact that these parties don't strictly stick to only the ideologies that they are known for and reject everything else for example it would be wrong to say that conservatives are not inclusive at all similarly even though the healthcare system is based on a socialist ideology the liberals and conservatives don't necessarily abhor it in a nutshell these ideologies give you an idea of which area would receive the most attention from a party and where the priorities lie so do you know where you stand on the political spectrum are you a conservative a socialist 
a liberal, or do you follow green politics? The political compass is a great tool to help you find that out. Even if you're sure about your political ideology, I recommend you take this quiz. It's fun and it takes about only 15 minutes to answer all the questions. And it plots you on a quadrant where the horizontal axis represents the economic ideologies and the vertical represents the social ideologies. The website also shows you the political parties plotted on the same quadrant. So you don't only get to see which party you stand closest with, but you also get to see who could be your second or third best option. Now, why would you be looking for a second best option or a third best option? Because an important consideration is how well you fit in within the party's supporter base, regardless of your support for the party's ideology. Let's take an example on the issue of immigration. Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservatives, said in a speech on May 18, 2019, and I quote here, With each passing day, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals undermine Canada's proud legacy of immigration. They have managed to undermine the long-standing consensus that immigration is indeed a positive thing for this country. Now, if someone solely relies on this statement, they'd conclude that Scheer and the Conservatives are pro-immigration and Trudeau is anti-immigration. However, a recent survey shows that on a question of whether immigration levels were too high, 75% of the Liberal voters and 70% of the NDP supporters disagreed. But when the same question was asked to the Conservative supporters, just 44% of them disagreed which makes a case for the immigrant communities making more than 20% of Canada's population to steer away from the conservatives. I hope you get the point. If you ask me, how welcome you feel within a community often trumps how well your political or social ideology aligns with their values. So you can be someone with religious and conservative values, however, being a person from a minority, you'd most likely end up in a liberal rally that welcomes everybody, instead of joining a rally of Trump supporters despite their conservative values or religious values. This will also give you an opportunity to question and evaluate your ideology and values, which is crucial to your growth and the society's growth. There's also some interesting research done on how liberals and conservatives are different psychologically, and I will be sharing a link to that as well in the show notes. Because you probably wouldn't want to vote for a party whose mindset and psychology does not resonate so much with you. Okay, so you've used the political compass, you know which party you align best with. It's still a good idea to look at the platforms of these parties. Because your favorite party may not be proposing what you'd expect them or what you would want them to propose. And there's a good chance a review of their platforms might change your mind and might change your point of view. Where do you go for that now? You can go to each party's official website. However, since that's a little too time-consuming, I'd recommend the McLean's Guide to Party Platforms and also the BNN Guide to Party Platforms. I'd be including a link to that as well in my show notes. Now, the list of these areas where these parties are offering different policies, different proposals, different promises, is a big list. So you might want to focus on areas that are most important to you. A CBC poll revealed that healthcare, cost of living, and climate change are the top issues for Canadians right now. So let's talk about that. But before I get into it, I want to remind you that this is not a deep dive into each of these areas, or even a thorough analysis of the policies and their impact. 
but a high-level overview along with my opinion based on the party platform trackers to get you started and take you from a clueless or a less informed you to a better informed you. I want to start with indigenous affairs out of my respect for these communities and my belief that we owe them a lot. Liberals and NDP are promising to implement the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. It's a declaration that defines the individual and collective rights of indigenous people, including their ownership, rights to cultural and ceremonial expression, identity, language, employment, health, education, and other issues. In 2016, a bill C-262 was introduced by the NDP as a private member's bill which asked that the laws of Canada are in harmony with the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. However, unfortunately it was stalled during the Senate committee review stage by the Conservatives. NDP on top of implementing the UNDRIP is also promising to introduce Indigenous Peoples Day as a national holiday. Before you come to a conclusion, let me read you an interesting piece of news, a link to which will be shared in the show notes. So this happened sometime between 2005 and 2010 when the Conservatives were in the government. And the news reads, CSIC and the RCMP classify some animal rights environmental and Aboriginal activists alongside terrorists that pose a threat to national security, reveal documents obtained by two Canadian academics. Please do check out the link and read the full story. So the point is, if you care about the indigenous affairs or the environment, you probably want to vote for someone who's not going to put you behind bars or on a watch list. So the way I see it, in this case of indigenous affairs, the NDP is the winner and the liberals would be the runner-ups. The most important issue for a lot of Canadians is the cost of living, which factors in things like taxes, housing, childcare, retirement. So let's look at some of the highlights of different party platforms regarding these issues. When it comes to taxes, the Conservatives are saying they'll effectively remove federal portion of income tax from EI maternity and EI parental benefits, providing a non-refundable tax credit of 15% for any income earned under these two programs. According to their website, a person who earns around 50,000 K would save around 4,000 K per year because of this. They're also saying that they'll remove the GST part from the home heating and energy bills. And this, according to my calculations, saves an average household less than $10 a month, which is not a lot. Some highlights of the NDP platform are that they're gonna close the stock option loopholes and crack down on shell companies operating in tax havens. And they're also going to close tax loopholes that favor the web giants. You'll have to do the math to find out how beneficial that is for a common Canadian. I'd like to clarify again that I'm only mentioning the highlights here that caught my attention. When it comes to housing, NDP offers to create 500,000 units of quality affordable housing in the next 10 years. Now, how much of their promise they can keep, that's up to you to figure out. Do your deep dives and do your research. But looking at the home buyers that are struggling with their first purchases and whatnot, I would say this sounds pretty heavy. The Greens are promising a national housing strategy 
And they're also offering something interesting, which is matching the younger Canadians with seniors who are able to and who are willing to share their homes. Let's talk about childcare now. So the NDP is saying they'll invest $1 billion in affordable childcare in 2020 with plans to grow that investment annually. That again sounds pretty heavy, at least on the books. In terms of retirement and seniors, the Liberals are going to spend $1.8 billion as per their promise over the next five years to enhance guaranteed income payments to old-age pensioners. NDP is saying they're going to protect the pensions of workers and retirees by cracking down on the pension theft. Conservatives and Greens are offering some tweaks in the specific areas, but nothing too impressive for me, so I'm not going to mention that as a highlight. There's one more thing worth mentioning. Job cuts. Conservatives most likely will do it. Take a look at our finance minister's tweet that I'd be sharing in the show notes. The tweet shows a video from 2016 where Scheer at one point suggests that past conservative governments had made mistakes of proposing spending cuts with a hard-edged tone and said future leaders should be more careful about how to convey such messages. According to the BNN Bloomberg platform tracker, conservatives are going to balance the budget in five years by taking a measured approach to spending growth. Well, despite of all the sugarcoating you can do, job cuts are job cuts. Plus, with sheer kind of steering away from condemning the ways of Ontario Premier Mr. Ford, who happens to be a conservative and made a lot of cuts in Ontario without mentioning any of that in his campaign, I'm not buying that he wouldn't. I'm not buying that Sheer wouldn't cut jobs. Liberals are promising to reduce the debt-to-GDP ratio as well as the deficit gradually over the next few years. So for this section, NDP remains the winner for me, and Liberals are the runner-ups, because nothing impacts costs of living like losing a job, so I'm not going for the Conservatives. Talking about health and pharmacare, I couldn't find much of a highlight with the Conservatives and the Liberal platforms. But Greens and NDP, they're both saying some pretty heavy things. For instance, Greens are saying they'll expand public health care to include pharma care. They'll include basic dental care and the national coverage and extend dental care to low-income children. They're also going to create a national pharma care program that provides universal public comprehensive coverage to everyone in Canada by 2020. Now, they're both being pretty heavy on this, and I like the sound of it. So I'm going to say there's a, like a there's a tie between NDP and Greens uh, being winners. Or you can pick one based on your own personal preference. Last but not least, I want to talk about climate change and what it's about. And I'm going to keep it short and simple and make my point on why you should be concerned about this. To understand this, you can find a lot of material online. I'm also going to share some links in the show notes. So mostly, climate change is about the Earth's temperature increase and 97% of the scientist community believes that it's caused by human activity. Since the Industrial Revolution, we've come a long way and we developed a lot of technology. But with it, what we also did was we increased our consumption of the natural resources, which in turn causes an increase in the greenhouse gases. So what are greenhouse gases? In simple terms, the greenhouse gases are the gases that have the ability to trap temperature in them which means the heat remains within the environment of the world. And so the temperature of the earth increases. 
This increase in Earth's temperature causes issues like floods because it melts the glaciers at a much higher rate. It also causes other issues like damaging the ocean's food web, etc. etc. So what can we do about it? Because as I discussed, 97% of the scientist community agrees that it's being caused by human activity. So you and I have to work together. We have to reuse, reduce, recycle. We can eat more veggies and less meat. And we can always turn off our electronic devices when we're not using them. So let's please start doing that from today. Now let's see what the parties are saying in the climate change department. The liberals are going to ban single-use plastic by 2021 and they are also going to offer incentives on purchase of electric vehicles. NDP is offering the same along with a few more points. The Greens are saying some pretty heavy things here. Of course they are Greens, so they have to. They are going to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions by 60% by 2030 and bring it down to zero by 2050. They are going to end all fossil fuel industry subsidies. They're going to phase out coal-fired electricity and they're going to launch a tree planting initiative in Canada's hinterlands and urban centers. Now that's pretty awesome. At least that sounds pretty awesome. Let me put it that way. So what do you think the conservatives are saying here? Remember, these are the guys who label some of the environmental activists as the extremists and terrorists and a threat to national security. They're going to repeal Bill C-69, which essentially will give more power and freedom to corporations than environmental activists or communities. They're also going to end Bill C-48, which bans oil tankers that are carrying more than a certain amount of crude oil. Now I leave that up to you to figure out how environmental friendly that is. I'm sure some of your conservative friends would give you really good arguments. Okay. So we now know what the parties are saying and you and I have some liking or disliking for their plans. But how do we know if they'll keep their promises? There's a nice online resource called the Promise Tracker that I have shared in the show notes. It keeps track of the promises made by governments. You'll see there, for example, that the Trudeau government has kept around 90% of their promises and broken less than 10%. And if you compare it to the Harper government, you would see they broke 15% of their promises. Now, this by no means can conclusively tell you which is better because of various reasons. For example, if you break it down in fully kept promises and partially kept promises, Harper is a winner on fully kept promises. Then you can break it down in terms of the policy area. You can say that the leader of your choice broke promises only in the areas of least importance to you so you don't care much. The point here is not to convince you who's better at keeping their word but rather to just share the resource with you where you can do that detailed analysis and decide for yourself. Another online resource that will come in handy is the election poll tracker which tells you what the probability of each party is for winning the elections and what I see there at the moment is that NDP and Greens are lagging far behind the Conservatives and the Liberals. And it's very unlikely that their campaigns in the remaining 30-ish days can bring them even close to the Liberals or Conservatives. Which means the real competition is between the Liberals and the Conservatives. So we can surely still vote for NDP or Greens if they're our favorite parties. However, that will only help them becoming a better opposition at best. 
which could result in the win of the worst of the two main competitors. I'm not trying to suggest which one of them is worse. Your worst can be different than my worst. But we gotta think smart here. In 2011, conservatives won by only 39% of the votes, which means the majority 61% of voters did not want conservatives to win. But the split in their votes still helped Harper win. So if you're an NDP or a Green supporter, you might want to consider whoever you think is better. Vote for the conservatives if you're fed up of the current government and you don't feel like trusting them anymore. Or vote for the liberals if you feel like conservatives would be worse and then have a plan on supporting and working for your favorite party. Get actively involved so that over the next four years, you can change the numbers in your favor and actually be in a situation where you can vote for your favorite party and make it count. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and learned something today. Please go through the show notes, do deep dives on issues and policies that matter most to you and get involved in activities like canvassing with your favorite party and have conversations in your communities, especially with people you disagree with. So that's it for today. You were listening to The ThoughtBot. Please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your families, friends and networks. Tell me what you didn't like and what you disagree with. As I like to say it, let's share some thoughts and stir the pot. Catch you later. Goodbye.